Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Egg Bowl Monday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you, as always, for making the podcast a part of your day. For those of you that listened to the Sunday radio show yesterday, I'm going to be a little bit repetitive when talking about Mississippi State. But if you didn't, you're in luck because I'm going to look at, one, of course, the Egg Bowl because it is Egg Bowl week. And more importantly, Mississippi State did play well in Athens on Saturday night. Does that change the way you should look at this game? So we'll talk about that, as well as a few other Egg Bowl things. But first, I do want to say, or I I do want to say, I do want to bring to your attention, this just broke. So a couple of things I'm recording uh, on this Monday morning, and two things. I expect some kind of scheduling news at some point, maybe today, Um, some kind of shuffling. I could be wrong. I expect the SEC to make some kind of a move and shuffle within their schedule. If they do that and it impacts Ole Miss, I will do another podcast at some point today, if that does happen today. Um, If not, I'll react to it whenever it happens. But just in case you're listening to this now and like some bigger schedule shuffling news has happened or anything like that, um, there will be another one. So if the Egg Bowl happens to get postponed for whatever reason, uh, that has not happened as of yet. So when that does, you'll get another one. Or if that does, I should say, you'll get another one. Uh, But as of this recording, everything is all the same right now. And also the other bit of news is the the three basketball games for Ole Miss scheduled this week. The Justin Reed Classic, as well as the Memphis game next week, uh, have been outright canceled. Uh, They have been canceled due to COVID positives and contact tracing within the Ole Miss program. Those games uh, have been canceled, and I don't think that they will try to make them up. So no basketball this week, no Memphis game, which is a real shame. This week, it was just good to have basketball, uh, you know, and and get the season started and watch a team that has a ton of upside uh, get to play against lesser opponents. But Kermit Davis wasn't going to be able to coach in those games anyway. Now the team's not going to be able to play in them. And it's a real shame you're not going to get Memphis in two weeks. But this is what college basketball has to deal with. I mean, the the contact tracing, especially the small roster sizes, this season is going to be a disaster. There's going to be schedule shuffling that is far more difficult than football. There's going to be cancellations. And if a team has to shut things down, you're talking four or five games once the season gets going. They're going to have to miss or reschedule or outright cancel. It's going to be a disaster, and the season hasn't even begun yet, and Ole Miss is having to cancel four games. I mean, it's just like that. Um, so, I mean, good luck. Uh, and, and I feel sorry for the people that are making these schedules and the logistics and stuff like that in basketball. But uh, unfortunate news there. Uh, no Ole Miss basketball for the first two weeks of the season. You're seeing this everywhere, too. And it's not just Ole Miss. It's all over the place. Uh, teams having to cancel games already. Uh, the contact tracing especially is going to make things difficult, but just the the roster sizes and then the amount of games they play in the two weeks that they, they have to quarantine or whatever, uh, it, it's a nightmare. And um, Ole Miss basketball is already living it. So uh, no news on the scheduling front. 
there's some unfortunate news on the basketball side. We'll get into football here in a second, but first, of course, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you every day by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat, get your egg bowl started by going by and seeing Greg and telling him that we sent you from Super Talk. That's how you went to LB's. You came because of us. Let Greg know that. Of course, get one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they are open seven days a week. The best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Get your Thanksgiving started with LB's. Get your Egg Bowl started with LB's in Oxford. So it's uh, it's Egg Bowl week, and that's really, really exciting because unless something changes, uh, it sounds like the game is going to be played as scheduled. I have not heard anything uh, on on that note. Um. I don't envision a scenario that they don't play at this point because if Mississippi State uh, either willingly or not willingly uh, took 49 guys to Athens to play, and as I understand it, and I could be wrong, but as I understand it, they have um, at least a number of guys that will be coming off of contact tracing quarantine today, if I understand it correctly. Uh, So that number... Even if they lost some with the trip to Athens, whether it be from injury or something else, um, as I understand it, more they will have more guys available than what they took to Athens last week. So I have a hard time imagining a scenario in which this game does not get played now, which is good because last week, I mean, you guys listened to me. I, I didn't think that it was going to happen, and still, it is entirely possible that this game doesn't happen. There's going to be more COVID tests. Mississippi State had some positives at the end of last week. So it's possible that there are more and things could change rather quickly. But them going to Athens and playing and coming away from the game relatively healthy and having some guys coming off of quarantine today, I cannot imagine the SEC and Mississippi State not playing this game because of the precedent that they set themselves. It's still possible more positives can come up. You guys know that. But the league needs this game to happen uh, for a multitude of reasons. So uh, I, I think it might. I, I think maybe we got out of this, but we'll see. That's probably premature. There's going to be a round of testing that comes out. I think maybe today you know, we'll get some clarity on numbers. I'm recording this before the press conferences, which probably is a stupid thing to do. But um, I do have to do all the work for the radio show, and that has to get started at some point. So uh, anyway, it was good that they played in Athens. I don't think there was anybody that got hurt, uh, if I remember correctly. So good chance this game gets played on Saturday. But hold your breath because there are going to be some rounds of COVID tests that really make or break this uh, this situation. So it's hard not to imagine, or it's hard to imagine they don't play at this point. Uh, my tone has really changed from last week, and uh, I hope it gets done. I, I really do. I hope it gets done. And it's weird. Uh, that this isn't the last game of the season. I mean, I mean, Ole Miss, if the A&M game gets rescheduled, uh, Ole Miss is uh, going to play two more games after Mississippi State, and potentially three. Pro- they're going to play three more games. I-, I think as long as Ole Miss wins one of the next three, a bowl game will want Lane Kiffin to be a part of it. Um, so Ole Miss is possibly going to be playing three games after the Egg Bowl, and... and- I would love to find out if that's ever happened. If they've ever played more than a bowl game after the Egg Bowl and how many times it's happened in program history. I can't imagine ever. Uh, so I'm just going to go with that until somebody corrects me. I don't think this has ever happened before. It's It feels weird. 
but it's um I think it's kind of funny because I mean you got LSU next week unless they move the schedule around. And then what could be a fascinating game with Texas A&M, I mean potentially the last the, the weekend of the SEC championship, uh, depending on what they do with A&M and Tennessee's game, I, I don't know. But you could be playing a game in which your opponent has college football playoff implications. You want to talk about eyes being on Ole Miss, Texas A&M, whenever that game gets scheduled. And that's after uh, the Egg Bowl. So it, it just kind of feels weird that it's not the last game, uh, not the last game of the year. But um, it's also going to be competing with the Iron Bowl. So nobody's really going to watch it. It's very different than what you've seen the last few years when the Egg Bowl, even though it was competing with an NFL game, um, was the only college football show in town and got a lot of attention that the two programs generally don't get because it's college football on Thanksgiving. Now they're aligned with the Iron Bowl, and you know how that's going to go. I like it not on Thanksgiving. And it's kind of for selfish reasons. Uh, I understand why they're okay with it being on Thanksgiving and why they they play the game there because it gets the game more attention than it would if it was on the regular rivalry Saturday. But two reasons. One is a selfish one because I grew up in South Carolina and that's where my family is. And so... For the last six years, or five years, it won't happen this year, but for the last five years working at Super Talk, haven't been able to go home for Thanksgiving for one reason or another, but it was mostly tied to the Egg Bowl because it's the most important week of the year. And I've got to be there on the Wednesday before and the Friday after. So I couldn't make the trip home because the Egg Bowl is the most important day of our year. And so I've hated that. I haven't been able to see family. Now COVID is going to stop me from being able to see my family this year with the game being on Saturday. Um, I just can't catch a break with that. Um, but also, Thanksgiving's a really... It's supposed to be a great day, you know? It's supposed to be a happy day where you visit with family and eat a bunch of food. And why would you want a football game like this one to ruin or make better, but possibly ruin what is an otherwise really great day? So I, I've never liked it uh, on Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people do, and some people don't. Uh, but I, I wish it would be on Saturday every year. I, I think the Thanksgiving thing ruins an otherwise nice day. It takes away from the atmospheres at the games because the stadiums that I've seen on Thanksgiving are not full because it is a holiday. And people, some in some cases, don't like spending it tailgating in the freezing cold weather and watch a football game where their team is potentially going to lose. I, I don't know. I, I like Saturday better, so this is nice for me, but maybe that's just a uh, a selfish thing. But more importantly, the game itself. So Mississippi State went to Athens on Saturday, and they played well. It's really, it's undeniable. I, I've, I got a text from a buddy uh, that said that it uh, doesn't care what happened in Athens, that Ole Miss is just going to smoke Mississippi State. And um, I think Ole Miss defensively does not allow uh, for that scenario really to exist, if we're being honest. But especially with the way Mississippi State performed, um, it has changed my thoughts. Like, yes and no would be my answer. Does it change the way I think about this game? Yes and no. Because, I mean, there's no way around it. 
Mississippi State took 49 guys to Athens, had a mostly freshman offense, at least in the skill positions, freshman quarterback, freshman running back, couple of freshman receivers uh, that all had an impact. It's pretty admirable that they went to Athens and played like that. I I think we can all agree with that. Even if you're the biggest Ole Miss fan on earth, I think you can agree that if roles were reversed and that was your team that brought 49 guys on the road to Athens and played like that, you would have been pretty proud uh, of their performance. Georgia is not Alabama. Alabama is significantly better than Georgia. We saw it on the field, and just every week you can see it with your own eyes. Alabama's way better, light years better than Georgia. But there was a similar sentiment after Ole Miss and Alabama. It's a scoreboard business, right? Wins and losses are the only thing that matters, but some games require context. And I think if you look at Mississippi State... um, in the context of bringing 49 guys, mostly young guys, to Athens, the way they played is admirable. Um, if I were a fan of them, I, I would have been proud of my guys for going down there and fighting the way they did. There was no reason whatsoever for them to be in that game, and they had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Although the fourth quarter is really when Georgia dominated, but still, they had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. They played well, and I think that Uh, changes a little bit of the way I'm thinking about this game going into it. It makes me think that, I mean, last week I said, you know, I I thought Ole Miss was going to win and win comfortably. Uh, Vegas seems to think that. I I think Ole Miss will win the game. I still believe that. But it might be uncomfortable. It might be kind of close for a little while. And and for a lot of reasons. Um, But first... Actually, while we're on the topic of Mississippi State and Georgia, Georgia's approach, and this isn't taking anything away from Mississippi State. Uh, It's not at all. Because I do think they played well and they executed, and that's all you can do. And they were right there in that football game. But Georgia's approach was awful. Their play calling on offense was abysmal. Especially late, once you realize that JT Daniels was really controlling that football game and they actively chose not to let him win that game for them, mind-blowing. They they force-ran the football when their offensive line was getting absolutely dominated by Mississippi State. Georgia's offensive line, so they pass-protected JT Daniels pretty well. Uh, They were pretty good in pass-pro. But Mississippi State had 11 tackles for loss. 11 tackles for loss, and they sacked Daniels three times. 11 tackles for loss. Georgia had, what was it, 0.3 yards rushing on average. And if you take the sacks away, which I hate that college football does that, they averaged like a yard per carry. Georgia's offensive line was absolutely dominated by Mississippi State up front. And, you know, some of you probably know who was coaching the offensive line at Georgia and probably made a bunch of jokes about that uh, on Saturday. But Mississippi State's defensive front was very, very, very good against Georgia. The whole game. I mean, they were like that from the very beginning. Dominated Mississippi State up front. And yet Georgia, in a close game, in the second half, tied at 24, insisted on forcing to run the football when JT Daniels was absolutely cooking Mississippi State's secondary absolutely cooking their secondary, and they chose not to throw the football that much. And if you look at the box score, you think, well, Borky, you're, you're crazy. He threw for 400 yards. He threw it 38 times. I'm telling you, it wasn't enough. 
They could have buried Mississippi State early in the second half if they just let that dude throw the football. And they chose not to. I mean, I'm not a Georgia fan. In spirit of full disclosure, uh, things are better and more fun for me and what I do if Mississippi State wins. I know a lot of you, you know, you don't like that, but my job, my day job, what actually pays the bills, not this podcast, but the radio show side of things, uh, in an ideal world, Ole Miss and Mississippi State would meet each other in every national championship. That makes everything better for us. So I definitely was not hoping Georgia won the game because this week would have been more fun if they didn't. I'm sure you guys understand that. It makes everything easier. Uh, Everybody's happier. And happy people listen to and engage with a radio show and its sponsors. It's really that simple. But I was getting frustrated with Georgia. I could not imagine being a fan in the stands or watching on TV. I was getting frustrated with Georgia's offensive approach. I I mean, just Daniels is destroying that secondary, and yet they just forced running the football. Mind-blowing offensive approach. Their play calling was atrocious. Uh, That offensive style, just mind-blowing. Just absolutely mind-blowing. Their play calling. And especially when you're protecting Daniels well enough, and you're not having any success running the football. And they're terrible at it. And yet, that's what they did. And on top of that, their defensive philosophy. So, a lot of people talk about the rush three, drop eight thing. And there's more to it than just that. I mean, Arkansas has not just rushed three guys and just sent eight back into a zone. It's a little bit more complex than that. But Georgia, in that game, it felt to me, you know, my untrained amateur eyes, it felt to me like... Georgia, instead of being willing to give Mississippi State three to four to five yards like others have, uh, they repeatedly gave them six to ten underneath. And the line, especially the middle of the field, the linebackers just kind of bailed out into this deep zone, almost like they were playing a prevent defense and not really expecting Mississippi State to patiently dink and dunk them down the field. And that's exactly what they did. Um, Arkansas d- did things differently. And I expect Ole Miss is going to do the same thing. It's not as simple as just throwing eight guys as far back into a zone as possible. It's kind of like the Wade Phillips matchup zone. It's not just sitting back like Georgia did. It it felt to me like Georgia just kind of allowed, like didn't cover anybody. They just let Mississippi State catch the football and then reacted to the player who caught the ball instead of doing that like I, like I said, a Wade Phillips like matchup zone type deal where a guy going over the middle has somebody covering him until he gets to a certain point and then he's let go for the next guy in the next zone to pick him up. It It's like that. That's what Arkansas did and it was much closer to the line. That's what Kentucky did. It was much closer to the line because you have so much help in the back end. If Mississippi State is sending four receivers, you can match up those four receivers while also being in a drop-eight zone. And it felt like Georgia, just the second the ball was snapped, just backpedaled to hell and let Mississippi State keep everything underneath. And Will Rogers deserves credit for being patient and just throwing checkdowns all night because Georgia was giving them six to ten yards on checkdowns all night long until 
they got frustrated with it and then started running man, and that's when the air raid in Mississippi State will burn you as if you're running man. And you saw it on Will Rogers' one touchdown pass uh, to Jaden Wally, that 51-yard, very nice throw uh, from Will Rogers. Um, that was when Georgia was in man. It's almost like instead of adjusting their zone, they got impatient and went to man like LSU did, and Mississippi State burned them. Georgia's defensive game plan uh, was not good, but the difference between Georgia and Ole Miss is Georgia has a bunch of really good tacklers and good athletes on that defense. Now, Ole Miss is getting Otis Reese, speaking of Georgia, getting Otis Reese this week. Uh, They're getting healthier in the back end, so maybe that'll help some. But that will be the key to the game, is Ole Miss's ability to tackle in space, because I do not expect you'll see the same approach that Georgia gave Mississippi State from Ole Miss. I think it's going to be more of a matchup zone, uh, like I keep saying. I don't even know if that's the right terminology. I think that's what Wade Phillips called it. Much closer to the line of scrimmage and possibly dialing up some pressure. I mean, running three-man fronts, but bringing guys from different places to try to confuse the freshmen. In the second half in the Georgia game, Will Rogers telegraphed a couple of passes and should have been picked off at least twice, uh, and both of them uh, were dropped, one of which possibly going back for six. Um, So mixing up the pressure, bringing four, but from different angles, and this really was the first time this year that Mississippi State's offensive line did not just get dominated in pass protection. They have had a really hard time protecting the quarterback, even when a defense brings only three. So Sam Williams is going to have to have a big game. The defensive line is going to have to get after Rodgers because the only way you can rush three and drop eight is if the three are able to get pressure on the quarterback. If not, even a great defense will still eventually give in to open men down the field if you're not getting any pass rush. So the biggest, the two keys for Ole Miss in this game are tackling well in space and getting to Will Rogers with with just four, three or four. Uh, If they can't do that, this game's going to be dicey. And I know, I mean, Mississippi State has struggled offensively with basically everybody since the LSU game, even Vanderbilt. I mean, the offense was awful against Vanderbilt. So, I guess we're about to find out which one they really are. Are they the offense that, I mean, you know, Rodgers threw for 336 on 52 pass attempts, but 336 is 336. Um, Which one are they? Are they an offensive line that can protect their quarterback? Uh, Are they a team with a quarterback that's patient, that doesn't force things downfield, leading to bad mistakes and interceptions? Or are they the team that played Vanderbilt two weeks ago? Yeah, we're about to find that out, but the the reason why my answer was yes and no on whether or not this changed things, um, because you saw on the other side Mississippi State's biggest weakness on defense right now, and that's the secondary. If JT Daniels, who's talented, but he's not Matt Corral, I mean, you saw it with your own eyes, as did I, he's not Matt Corral. If JT Daniels... And that offense, which is unimaginative and just brutal to watch, can throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, then what do you think Matt Corral and Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa are going to do? So I still uh, expect Ole Miss to score a lot of points. A lot of points in this game. Because Mississippi State is very good on the defensive front. They have a really nice scheme and a really good coordinator in Zach Arnett that they need to pay a lot of money 
uh, to keep around. He's very, very good. Mississippi State's defensive front is good. Um, they blitz really well. Their blitz packages are good, and they, and they get after the quarterback well. But when the quarterback's protected, they don't have enough bodies and they don't have enough talent in the secondary to stop a passing attack like Ole Miss's. I expect as long as Matt Corral takes what the defense gives him like he has the last few weeks, he should throw for a billion yards against Mississippi State. But on the flip side, even though they struggled with Vanderbilt and everybody else, I mean, Ole Miss's defense is not as talented as Georgia's. Um, It's not as talented as anybody that Mississippi State has seen, except for maybe Vanderbilt. It's entirely possible that you're headed for a shootout. Uh, So that's kind of what's changed a little bit for me. Is um, I think Mississippi State will be able to score a little bit more than I was expecting last week uh, after watching Will Rogers and that offense um, move the football patiently against Georgia. Because that's kind of been their problem is uh, they've forced the football down the field into places where it just kind of didn't belong. And uh, Rodgers, to his credit, didn't do that uh, on Saturday against Georgia. So um, this is a funky one. I mean, it's entirely possible that Ole Miss wins and wins comfortably, but I don't think that'll be the case. I really don't. Um, I think Ole Miss is the better football team. And I think that uh, one game in Athens shouldn't change what you've seen about a team for weeks on end, but it does kind of give you pause, doesn't it? Uh, it makes you think uh, about things a little bit uh, when it comes to this game because they went there and they played well with an intention to win. And their defensive front, while missing probably its most talented defensive lineman, um, they're still really good at, at linebacker. Uh, Thompson and Brule are really good players at linebacker. Um, and you also wonder about depth. And that's something I haven't brought up yet. Uh, because as admirable as 49 guys going to Athens and playing well uh, is, uh, you wonder if maybe they're a little bit beat up because Ole Miss had a bye week this week, and Ole Miss basically is at full strength. Barring negative tests this week, Ole Miss is basically at full strength Um, as far as COVID goes. They had a clean bill of health last week with COVID. At least that's what Kiffin told the media. So Ole Miss got a week off. Roster is basically at full strength. They've had no attrition this season. On the other side, Mississippi State played 49 guys in Athens. They've had roster turnover. Uh, they're losing depth. They lost depth in the secondary. One, I mean, probably their best guy in the back seven. Or not the back seven. Um, in the secondary. Errol Thompson's their best player, I think. Um, they lose a talented defensive lineman. There's no depth. I mean, that could also be a factor here is really how healthy and how not from like a season ending injury injury standpoint, but like how, how physically like good do they feel after a game like that? A, a pretty physical game with so few guys, it just something that uh, might be a factor going into this one. I'm curious to see what Lane Kiffin has to say later on today about this game. I can't imagine you're going to get, any kind of real rivalry rhetoric. rhetoric. I almost said that like a toddler. Um, I don't know if you're going to get that from either coach, honestly. I, I think both of these guys don't really care. I mean, they'll pretend like they care to appease their fan bases and say that it's really important to our people and stuff like that. But deep down, um, it's just another game 
uh, for these two guys, and they've got more left on the schedule. So I don't think you're going to get anything, um, like no uh, sound bites or anything like that that other teams will play. You won't get the fighting Reese Davises thing that Northwestern played with when they beat Wisconsin this weekend. I don't think you're going to get any of that. Um, but yeah, I'll bring that to you also, by the way. I will uh, uh, cut up Lane Kiffin's press conference today and have that for you probably tomorrow. Uh, if I do one tomorrow or Wednesday, just kind of depending on how my schedule shakes out with Thanksgiving and and stuff like that. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I'll if there's anything interesting, I'll cut it for you. Um, I'm curious to to find out his reaction uh, to their game against Georgia if he's asked about it and what he thought. Uh, and, and of course, the biggest thing is uh, the COVID testing. Is the team clear? Uh, of COVID and his Mississippi State clear of COVID because you're you've got to be more concerned about them than uh, than you do Ole Miss because the numbers are very very different. And, I mean, a couple a positive or two in a certain position group and it's over. So something to keep an eye on for sure is uh, just whether or not the game can be played. So those are uh, a few keys this week for the Egg Bowl. Things I'm looking forward to, observations I made after Mississippi State played and played well uh, against Georgia. I do think that the Vegas line, which is 11 and a half, 12, by the way, is uh, is an appropriate one. I think that Ole Miss is the better football team. Uh, I think they have the more explosive offense. Uh, my coworker Brian Haydad has a, a funny phrase about this game because Ole Miss is awful defensively. And I mean, they'll be able to score on Mississippi State. So he calls this game the uh, movable object versus the resistible force or something like that. It's pretty funny. Anyway, um, should be a high scoring game. I think that line is 11 or or 12. Uh, I'll pull it up right now just to be certain for you. And the over under, if I had to guess, so so I have it pulled up. But I'm not looking at the Ole Miss one yet. I just have the SEC games. The Ole Miss one is not on my screen. If I had to guess, the over-under is 68.5. So let's see. Okay, they don't have it listed on this site anyway. All right, let's go to Odd Shark then. I just I usually just use the, uh, the ESPN uh, odds because they kind of consolidate them. So let's see. College football odds. By the way, Mike Tyson's fighting this weekend if uh, that's something that interests you. Uh, I couldn't care less. I certainly wouldn't pay for a fight where they said that the guys are not allowed to knock each other out, and if anybody gets cut, they'll stop the fight. So um, God bless you if you're paying for something like that. Okay, so Ole Miss is still uh, an 11.5-point favorite in this game, uh, according to... Oh, it's down to 10 in some places. So early money coming on Mississippi State, and the over-under is 65.5. So I was close. 65.5, 58% 65.5, of the public money, at least in the early going, is uh, on Mississippi State to cover those 10 points. Uh, Odd Shark says Ole Miss is going to win 38-26. to 26. And the consensus is to take the over. 100% right now is on the over. So Odd Shark says Ole Miss is going to win, cover the spread, and the total will go under. That's what they're picking for whatever that's worth uh, to you. So there you go. There's your Vegas line. Egg Bowl week is coming. Uh, 
Or I will. Um, I'll have audio from Lane Kiffin coming up this week. May or may not record something with Hey Dad uh, for this podcast and its purposes, but definitely we'll have Kiffin audio. Uh, we'll do more previewing of this game uh, when we get more information and updates. Again, I do expect some kind of scheduling news here in the very near future. Uh, I think that the SEC is going to have to move some things around, and it may happen today. Either that or they're going to have to cancel some games because, like I told you last week, uh, Alabama cannot play on the 19th, and LSU cannot play on the 12th. So they have to move something around to get those games in unless they're willing to outright cancel. So expected a lot of news uh, to come down this week. Uh, I will have all of that for you, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, listen to us on the radio, of course. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky and leave a rating and a review on this podcast after you hit that subscribe button. So really thankful for all of you. Uh, for for listening to this. I will have at least one more episode before your Thanksgiving Day. But uh, just wanted to say thanks to to you guys uh, for listening. The numbers are are growing and are very strong. And for that, uh, I thank you. So with that, I'm going to hang it up. Enjoy your Egg Bowl week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And I'll talk to you either tomorrow or Wednesday, depending on, really depending on the news. So have a great week. Have a happy Thanksgiving if you don't listen to me again between now and then. And uh, until next time, have a good week. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.